Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchine as we continue the series, You Plus. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Have you ever noticed that the more time you spend with someone, the more their personality, behavior, and even mannerisms begin to rub off on you? For example, I have a friend who calls me Buddy. I have never before in my life called someone by that term, but after several years of hanging out with this friend, I now freely use the word buddy in our text conversations. It wasn't an intentional choice. It just happened. We become like the people we spend time around. Psychologists have seen this demonstrated so repeatedly across so many different aspects of behavior that they've given it a term, the chameleon effect. Like a chameleon changes to match its surroundings, we change to become like the people we spend time around. They rub off on us. And what's so incredible about this is that we aren't actively thinking about it at all. It's all operating on a subconscious level. It's one of the reasons it is so important for us to immerse ourselves in the stories and teachings of Jesus. As we read and study, we can imagine ourselves there with him, watching what he does, listening to what he says. And as we do, even if we're not completely aware of it, we are opening ourselves up to let Jesus rub off on us. Over the past few weeks, we've been diving into one of Jesus' most famous teachings, the Sermon on the Mount, to learn from him how to flourish as human beings. We're calling this flourishing life the you plus life. It's life lived in God's kingdom, and we enter into it by being Jesus' disciples, people who hear from God and do what he says. Our hope as we dig into this sermon is that Jesus would rub off on us. And why is that important? Why do we need Jesus to rub off on us? Because left on our own, most of us will struggle with the types of things Jesus addresses in this next section of the sermon. In this section, Jesus is going to share six practical examples of how a kingdom person relates to other people. Now, these examples are not rules to follow, but rather paint a picture of how a kingdom person lives their life relationally. And let me tell you up front, these examples will be challenging. We'll only have time to look at three of them today, and I bet most of us can relate to his first example. Picking up the sermon in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Jesus takes a a familiar Old Testament command about murder, and he deepens it to include anger. He challenges his disciples not just to, to sit back and congratulate themselves that they didn't murder anyone, but to look more deeply into their hearts at the anger that might be stirring there. On some level, all of us struggle with anger. The worst part about anger is that you you never plan on being angry. Instead, anger has this way of, of sneaking up on us and surprising us with its intensity. 
For example, think of yourself behind the wheel of a car. I recently came across a AAA study that concluded that nearly 80% of U.S. drivers expressed significant anger, aggression, or road rage behind the wheel at least once this past year. 80% of us have been angry at least once behind the wheel. Now, I know that some of you might be thinking, only 80%? (laughs) Or maybe some of you are thinking, only once this past year? Yes, AAA found that 51% of us purposefully tailgate other cars. 47% of us yell at other drivers. 45% of us honk repeatedly to show annoyance. 33% make angry gestures. And finally, 24% try to block another vehicle from changing lanes. Raise your hand if you're guilty. If your hand isn't up, you must be in a Tesla self-driving car. There is a lot of anger on the road, but there are other ways we're angry that are a lot more damaging. Just think about how much anger we've struggled with during these past few years. We've been angry at each other over masks and vaccines, angry at each other over how to respond to racial tensions, angry at each other over politics and Supreme Court decisions. I know that I have struggled with anger aimed at those who think differently than me on these topics. Haven't you? And some of us have experienced breakdowns in relationships because of it. I mean, maybe there are friends you no longer talk to because of anger or or family relationships that are are estranged, estranged because of how heated things became. But as kingdom people... Jesus calls us to a different way of relating to others when we find ourselves in these conflicts. He says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus is saying, In my kingdom, We learn to release anger and seek reconciliation. It's probably no coincidence that in teaching his disciples about how a kingdom person relates to others, that the first example Jesus chooses is anger. Dallas Willard notes, when we trace wrongdoing back to its roots in the human heart, we find that in an overwhelming number of cases, It involves some form of anger. It is the elimination of anger and contempt that he presents as the first and fundamental step toward the rightness of the kingdom heart. Jesus takes anger so seriously because it's only when we face our anger that we can truly begin to discover a new way of living that leads to relational flourishing. In the second example we're going to look at, uh, it's more unexpected. This one is about oaths. And Jesus says, again, you have heard that it was said, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. Now that seems straightforward. If you swear an oath, fulfill that oath. But Jesus surprises us by saying, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all 
either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Jesus raises the bar beyond keeping oaths to not even making oaths in the first place. Why does he do that? What's the big deal about oaths? Well, once again, Jesus is pushing deeper into the motivations behind our actions. He is asking, why are you making oaths in the first place? In what ways is your swearing an oath an attempt to control others? I mean, why can't people just trust that the words you say are truthful? Why do you need an oath? This example, again, highlights that that Jesus isn't just trying to give us more rules to follow. He's pressing us to examine the deeper motivations of our hearts. If we were to take Jesus seriously here, we'd realize that he is calling us to a way of speaking to others that is transparently honest. When a Christ follower says, I will be there, the Christ follower shows up. When a Christ follower says, I will do it, the Christ follower follows through. When a Christ follower joins a group or enrolls in a course or accepts an invitation, the Christ follower fully embraces what they've invested in. Yes means yes, and no means no. Now, I know that might be intimidating to some of us who struggle to follow through on what we say, but Jesus is actually trying to free us with the transparent honesty of our lives. When we are following Jesus, we don't have to control others or even try to please others with our words. Our yes can mean yes, and our no can mean no. Let's hit one last example, one that I think will hit home for a lot of us too. Jesus begins, you have heard the law that says the punishment must must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, this eye-for-eye idea is based on a law found in the book of Leviticus, known as the lex talionis, which means law according to its kind. While it seems harsh and violent, it was actually designed to curb violence by preventing someone from becoming a a self-appointed vigilante who, who strikes back with a punishment greater than the first offense. If you grew up with siblings... And think about how your fights escalated. You can understand the value in this law. In that way, this law makes sense. It's saying the punishment should fit the crime. However, people came to use this law as an argument that we must enact retribution. But that's not what this law was meant to do. It was intended to prevent escalating violence, not command retaliation. So when Jesus says, do not resist an evil person, he's not contradicting the Old Testament command. He is deepening it. Jesus is challenging us to imagine a way of life in which we don't feel the need to take retaliation into our own hands. 
He's challenging us to take a posture of grace towards the people who wrong us. And, and he uses four almost laughable situations to drive his point home. Imagine someone slapping you on the cheek and then sticking out the other cheek, remaining vulnerable to them. Who would do that? Imagine someone suing you for your shirt and giving them your coat as well, which in Jesus' day would leave you standing in the courtroom naked. That seems absurd. When a person in authority demands something of you, Jesus says, do more than what is strictly required of you. That's not the way we want to react. And when someone who has no rightful claim to be asking something of you asks, Jesus says, give freely. Now, just to clarify, Jesus is not talking about situations of abuse in these illustrations. We know that, that sometimes these passages have been misused. If you find yourself in an abusive relationship, please, please reach out and get out. Jesus would not ask you to stay in that kind of situation. What Jesus is talking about here are those everyday encounters we have with people where something hurtful is said or done or, or where a person in authority is requiring something of us that, that we don't want to do. Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, I want you to respond in such an upside-down, unexpected, gracious way that people will be left speechless. Are you challenged by this? I mean, I certainly am. Even as I think about the, the last few years and how we as a, a Christian community and me as a Christ follower have responded in conflicts, whether that be with people who live under our same roof or the people we encounter in our daily lives or even those who have been put in authority over us, how easy it is to choose the path of retaliation, how much harder to follow the way of the kingdom and respond with an act of radical grace. I'll admit, sometimes I read Jesus' examples of how a kingdom person relates to other people, and I can feel the ick inside my own heart. Can you? I have a long way to go in becoming the type of person who fits the picture Jesus is painting through these examples. But here's the thing. I can't solve that ick by just bucking up and trying harder, and you can't either. In these examples, Jesus isn't giving us a list of rules to follow to become the people he calls his disciples to be. No, what we need is someone good to rub off on us. And that is why it is such a grace that Jesus came and lived among us. In his gospel, John tells us the word Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus wanted to show us the best way to live, the way to flourish as human beings. And he did it by coming and hanging out with us. He didn't just come to save us. He came to transform us, to rub off on us. And what Jesus embodied, what Jesus wants to rub off on us is his kingdom way of radical love. The examples he gives us in his sermon are not new laws to follow, but illustrations of what it looks like to follow him in his way of love. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, do not murder, but I tell you 
There is a, a kingdom way of love that goes so much further than that. Look through my eyes and you will recognize the value in every human being as a person made in the image of God. As my disciples, I'm going to show you a way of life that refuses to let anger thrive or contempt to reign. I'm going to teach you to be for reconciliation. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, do not break your oath. But I tell you, the way I'm going to teach you to love will make oaths unnecessary. I will help you become a person who is so confident in my love that you can love others with truth and integrity. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, I'm going to show you how to trust God to be the one to set things right. Follow me and my upside down, unexpected way of grace will become your way too. What Jesus wants us to see in these examples is that disciples of Jesus learn to love others with a humble, radical, self-sacrificing love, the very kind of love he embodies. And he wants his radical kingdom kind of love to rub off on us. When we find ourselves in challenging relational situations, we can ask Jesus, what does your radical way of love look like in this situation? We can hear from God and then do what he says. And somewhere down the road, we will be surprised when the, the kingdom way of love becomes a little more natural to us. And we'll realize Jesus rubbed off on us. We are beginning to experience his way of relational flourishing. In the vision God has given us for you plus, our intention is to come alongside you as you take next steps as a disciple of Jesus. We want to walk with you as you hear from God and help you discern how he is speaking so that you can do what he says. And that's why we're challenging every person who calls community their church home to sign up for a you plus conversation. That could be a conversation with your small group leader, or it could be another person here at community who is trained to come alongside you as you discern your next steps. And it could be that, that God has a next step for you to take relationally. Following Jesus is meant to transform how we love others. As you listen to God, he might tell you that your next step is in how you connect with others. Perhaps there is a, a broken relationship in your life and he wants you to seek reconciliation. Perhaps he, he wants to equip you to, to show love to a person by gently telling them the truth. Perhaps he wants to teach you to respond with grace in a challenging situation that you're facing at work or at home. We don't know what your next step is, but we believe that God wants to speak to you. And it may be that he has a next step for you to take relationally. We simply want to help you hear from him about what your unique steps are, unique next steps are and encourage you to do what he says. So every week of the series, we're challenging you to sign up for a U plus conversation so that we can come alongside you and encourage you to take your next step as a disciple of Jesus. You can learn more at uplus.info or by scanning the QR code on the screen. You may recall that at the beginning of this talk, I mentioned the chameleon effect. 
this strange phenomenon that the, the more time we spend with someone, the more we begin to mirror and take on different aspects of their personality, behavior, and life. Can you imagine what it would look like if we, as a community, began to take on the personality, behavior, and life of Jesus. The more time we spend with him, listening to him, talking with him, following him, the more we will find ourselves looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, feeling like Jesus. Jesus will rub off on us. We'll start being less angry and offering more love. We'll no longer need to control others with our speech, but we'll become transparently honest about who we are before God and people. And when others hurt, harm, or disrespect, or, or even take advantage of us, instead of retaliating, we will learn how to respond with grace and love. What if it really is as simple as simply spending more time with Jesus so that more of Him rubs off on us. This is our hope for every one of us, that together we will draw closer to Jesus and experience the you plus life he has to offer. So let's continue to pursue him and take next steps together. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word PRAYER to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to Community, head to givenow.cc. Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.